everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so this morning, we are joined by Brother David Gardner. I'm super excited to have you on and to meet you. Thanks for being here. Oh, uh, a privilege. Thanks so much. Awesome. Well, let's hop right in, and I'm excited to get to know you more. And so question one, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field. Sure. Uh, my name is David Gardner. My wife is Katie. We've been married for 14 years and we've got uh, four kids uh, with us, and uh, we're on the field of Peru, or in the field of Peru, or however you'd like to say that. Uh, I grew up here as a missionary kid and uh, came back in 2009, and then later on in 2013 to uh, continue in the work that, that was started back in 1988. And so we have uh, basically a church planning ministry. Uh, we've got a Bible college where we train men and, and women for ministry, uh, we've seen people uh, from Peru go all around the world uh, to preach the gospel, and so we want to continue continue doing that. Super awesome. I'm really glad to hear about that ministry. So, um, Then with question number two, um, uh, what for you is maybe one of the, the better parts or one of your favorite parts about being in missions? Well, I think my favorite part about being on the mission field is just seeing how God uses us to see lives changed and to use us to see people um, serve him. And so, you know, we're just a small part, a small instrument in something really big that God's doing. And so, you know, all the way from somebody being saved, it's so exciting to see somebody, you know, come to Christ and put their faith in Christ. But then to see, you know, God use you, whether, whether it be through your preaching, your discipleship, to see them grow in the faith and even give their lives to serve the Lord and full-time ministry and that kind of thing. And then, and then seeing, you know, church planners and pastors go out and, and man, it's just an exciting thing that, that you just get to be a small part of what a big God is doing. And so that, that's super exciting. Yeah, for sure. And great way to put it. I, I really appreciate small part of what a big God is doing. So I really appreciate that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, but I've uh, got to continue learning it. <laughs> yes. So much humble pie must be eaten in this process. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, then, so for question number three, just for you, um, what's one of the more challenging or difficult aspects about being in ministry? Well, um, here in Peru right now, I think the challenges are changing uh, on a daily basis just because of the uh, coronavirus. And, and, you know, I had mentioned to you a little bit earlier about us being in quarantine. Um, we've been in quarantine. This is our ninth week. We're going into our ninth week of quarantine. We've got 10 weeks of quarantine. And that's if the president doesn't extend it again. Um, the rumor is that churches won't be able to meet uh, at least till August of this year. And so we're really facing a whole lot of challenges when it comes to just trying to uh, restructure everything. You know, I was talking, telling somebody the other day is that when you go to a country, you know, wherever you're at, um, you kind of land and you kind of get a, a, a rule book of how the game is played, right? And so if you're in a closed country, it's closed and, and you know what rules you're able to follow, what you're able, rules you're not able to follow if you're in an open country. 
well, you know, our playbook just got completely thrown out the door and, you know, everything's changed and we don't know how to play the game. And so that's one of our biggest challenges. And then I'd say the second one is just the, the, um, the very strong Roman Catholicism here. A lot of times you have to convince someone that they're lost before they can be convinced that they need to be saved. And so, you know, when you say believe on Jesus, they say, I've always believed in Jesus. And so there's a, there's a, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into trying to explain the difference between the Jesus they think they know and the true Jesus of the Bible. Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to put it. We deal with a lot of that same style out here in, in Chuk of just everybody knows about Jesus, but nobody really knows Jesus. And so I understand right. where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that answer. Um, then with question four, do you have any missionaries that you would say need to be on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Um, Jim Roberts is one of my best friends. He's a missionary in India and uh, he's currently in the States. He was supposed to leave in March, but because of, you know, the whole pandemic that's changed everybody's plans. Uh, also Kevin White is also a missionary in Bolivia. I don't know if you've had him on yet. And then um, Case in Bloom is a missionary that's here in Peru right now, and he's uh, in language school, and he's going to be going to Ecuador as a missionary. So I'd say those are those are top three, man. Those are top three great guys that are doing a great work, and the Lord's really using them. Great. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah, we've had um, we've had Brother White on, so I'm excited. We haven't posted oh. that one yet. Looking forward to getting him up. But um, yeah, awesome guy. And then I'm looking forward to getting into the two other. Uh, to get to know them. So I appreciate the suggestions. Amen. Amen. Yeah, hopefully you can get along soon. Yeah, Lord willing. So, um, all righty. So question number five is kind of the big one everybody is waiting for. And go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us a story that you love, can be anything, um, about your time in missions. Yeah. Um, you know, I was telling you earlier before we started, you know, the interview, I grew up on the mission field. So there are, you know, many, many, many stories that, that could be told. One of the ones that I really uh, appreciate from recent years is I met a young man named uh, Lennon. Uh, Lennon was a young man that came from a pretty wealthy home, came from a home where, you know, his dad was a, a college professor and had really high expectations for him. And for some reason, he just felt obsessed with learning more about the Bible and, and getting to know God better and and he was interested in ministry and so he actually came to the bible college and um you know i didn't know a whole lot about him and one day i just offered him i said hey man i've got to go preach in this small church on the outskirts of the city uh do you want to ride with me and so he said yeah and he he, he rode with me and when we were riding to to the church or on our way back i think it was on our way back he said, uh, so I'd like to know, you know, what's your vision? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? And, you know, this was, I don't know, five years ago. And I still had a whole lot to learn and, and all that. But I, I just kind of shared my heart with him. I said, man, I want to see God change the world um, through us. I want us to see uh, pastors and missionaries leaving from Peru to go all around, all around the world. And, man, we're going we're gonna to shape the world uh, with the gospel and we're going to use Peruvians to do it. And I just remember him saying, okay, I'm in. And uh, that was it. That was the that was the sales pitch. He said, I'm in. And, uh, you know, long story short, uh, he's now he's now our assistant pastor 
at Omega Baptist Church, the, the, the church that I pastor. And so we pastor together. And uh, man, he's, he's paid a huge, huge price. Um, you know, like I said before, he came from a very wealthy home. Uh, he came from a, uh, a home that had a lot of expectations for him. You know, before he, before he spoke with me, you know, this is, this is a, you know, what some would consider a third world country. And he's, he's traveled all around the world. He's been to Europe and all kinds of places. So his parents had very high expectations for him. And, you know, here in Peru, uh, when somebody says they're going to give their life to ministry, they're pretty much telling their family that uh, they're done, you know, and they're turning their back on their family. And that's a very hard decision to make. And so, you know, one day he talked to me and he said, hey, David, do you think I should tell my dad that I've been studying in the Bible college? And I said, what do you mean? He said, he still thinks I'm in college studying to be a, a developer. Uh, and I said, I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he said, I, um, I get up every morning. And I, and I'm like, hey, dad, I'm going to school. He said, but I just don't tell him what school I'm going to. And he said, I've been doing that this whole semester. And I was like, I was like, man, you can't, you can't be a preacher and be a liar. So we need to get that taken care of. <laughs> but, um, you know, the big problem with that was that he knew, he knew that the day he told his dad, it was going to be, it was going to be, uh, basically this relationship's over. And so he, he's told the story that, you know, he finally made the decision that he was going to tell his dad he was going to be in ministry. And so he, he says that he stood at his dad's door at his office and he said that he for two hours he tried to knock on the door and he just couldn't couldn't work up the courage and he couldn't work up the courage and and he he tried and he couldn't work and so after two hours he finally knocked on the door finally came in and he just said dad i want to be a a a pastor i'm going to give my life to preach the gospel and his dad hung his head and he said get out and for two years he would not speak to his son uh took him out of all the wills and took him out of you know, everything. And basically he just lost everything, you know, and it would be, it would be the contrast to the rich young ruler, you know, the rich young ruler that says, that says, no, I have too many riches and I'm going to walk away sad. I think he's the other, he's the other side of that coin. He's, he's the contrast to that, that said, no, this is worth it. This is worth it. So he paid a major price. And for two years, his dad didn't speak to him, didn't say hello to him. Um, he would come over and visit his mom, who is a Christian. His dad is not a Christian, but his mom is. And his dad would not talk to him. Um, he ended up getting married, and his dad did not want to go to the wedding. Um, basically, you know, was forced to. And, um, you know, after they, they got married, they had a baby, and grandkids change everything, right? And so, you know, that kind of started working the relationship again. And you can be praying for Lenning's dad. I forget his name at the moment. But, you know, he's not saved, but uh, the relationship has kind of been restored and they've been talking and, you know, he's a little bit older. And so he's been, you know, asking questions about life and death and eternity. And so y'all can pray for Lennon and his dad and just be mm -hmm. praying for that. But yeah, that's, that's one of the, one of the men that I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of our relationship, our friendship, and just how God's worked in it. You know, when you were talking about what, what's my favorite thing, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff makes it worth it to see people that, that are willing to pay the price and serve the Lord. And, and you get to be a really small part of that. Yeah. Amen. And uh, I love that kind of story because it really puts into perspective when Christ talks about, if you're not willing to forsake all to follow him, um, yeah. then we can't even be his disciples, let alone a pastor or preacher or anything. And um, man, I'm, I'm grateful. I look forward to meeting him 
one day, whether it's here or there in the air, but um, Amen. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So. Amen. Amen. Well, as we, as we wrap up with question six, um, what would, pardon me, I'm sorry. Just a minute, please, Melina. Okay. Are you hurt? No. Anything wrong happening? Something's wrong with my popsicle thing. We will fix it, okay? All right. It's doing like this. Shh. I'm still recording. All right. Well, folks, welcome to the ministry early morning here in the Wagar house. So, all right. Um, question six, as we wrap up, do you have any kind of cultural blunders that you are willing to share with the whole internet world? Hey man, I, I just want to say that Paw Patrol is super important. And, uh, that is, that is, that is an emergency. Um, no, I'll tell you, uh, I grew up, I grew up here, so I, I, I speak the language just as well as I speak English. I speak Spanish just as well as I speak English. And so, you know, language isn't really much of a struggle for me, but um, everybody makes cultural mistakes. Everybody makes cultural mistakes. And so I was actually, I went over to a young man's house. His name's Alex. Uh, he's now the treasurer of our church, but back in the day, he was a young 18, you know, 19 year old young man. And, um, when I went over to his house, we were doing discipleship and somehow uh, we got off track. We chased a rabbit trail. Um, I'm very good at doing that. And somehow we started talking about culture and basically how as a missionary, you have to learn to accept the culture and you have to learn how to adapt to the culture. And man, I was pretty cocky about it. I said, man, my dad taught me to adapt to culture. He taught me to to, to, to just, you know, be like the people and understand the people. And I said, you know, one of the main parts about it is, is the food. If you reject the food, you reject the people. If you reject the people, you reject the culture, and you're not going to be able to share the gospel with them as, as well. And, and you just have to, man, my dad taught me how to, how to just put anything down. And, and, you know, if it's at my home, I want to eat what I want to eat. But man, if I'm in somebody else's house, I'm just going to eat whatever. And I'm at his house while I'm, and by that time, and I'm not kidding, like right at that time, his mom comes out with a plate of cow hoof salad or cow foot salad. And so it's basically all the fatty tissue that's on the bottom of the leg and it's chopped up and it's basically served with tomatoes and onions. And I'm saying all this about it. And I just looked at the plate and I said, uh, so how about we do discipleship? And while we were doing discipleship, I would pick at it and eat little ones at a time and and all of a sudden i'm looking at my lesson looking at the plate looking at my lesson look at the plate and he and i look up and he's got his arms crossed and he goes you were saying about culture and i said ah yeah man i'm sorry and he said give me the plate real quick before my mom finds out you don't like her food and so he woofed it down for himself and that was my literal foot and mouth event in my life so that was that was a lot of fun uh, that that's the humble pie I was that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, indeed, man. Uh, whew, cow, I have not ever heard of that one either. Cow hoof salad. That's a yeah. It is not fun. It is not fun. And basically, here in Peru, they eat every every part of the cow: the the tongue, the heart, the snout, the legs. I mean, everything. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing that story. I I enjoyed it, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, listen, Brother Gardner, it's been a privilege to have you on today. And um, if people want to continue to follow your story, what's the best way they can do that? Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Peru Ministry. 
you know, facebook.com slash Peru ministry or Peru ministry.com. Um, if you want to, you know, find me, uh, basically all of my social media is Gardner in Peru, G A R D N E R I N P E R U Gardner in Peru. Um, that's my, that's my Instagram handle. That's my Twitter handle. That's, you know, my, my facebook.com slash Gardner in Peru. Everything's Gardner in Peru. So that, that's an easy way to find me. If they want to follow me personally. Awesome. We'll have all that in the description link below and uh, really grateful. Thank you. So, and again, thanks for being with us today, sharing your stories and uh, just giving us your time. We enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. I really do appreciate it. Kind of a privilege. Well, thank the Lord, my privilege as well. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for being here today. This has been Josh Wagar with Brother David Gardner in Peru, and you have been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast.